Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, Gearheads, welcome to the show. We just got to see the Hungarian Grand Prix today. Not the most exciting race of the season. Hey, no, we've had some good ones, but uh, hey, the excitement was actually, I'll say it was exactly what we discussed earlier. It was the people that were in back that we knew belonged up front. Yeah, it's true. Well, as our producer said, it was... It wasn't very interesting until Botas started playing bumper cars. <laughs> That's true. That is true. It's about right. Uh, good day. Good day for my Haas boys. Double points. Yep. And they gained some ground. We'll see officially here in a minute, but I think they gained about five points ground on Renault. And of course, they were tied with uh, Force India going into today. So with Force India not having a good weekend, the Haas team is going to be solidly in fifth position. I mean, that's... That's really impressive. It yep. really is. Think, Just think about that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I am. I'm. It's really good. Um, they're, they're having a heck, heck of a year. And, you know, when when we follow the, the downfalls, it's as simple as that, of Williams and, and McLaren, to see Haas um, pulling their weight, uh, you know, Force India administration, Renault, even though they're a works team, aren't really taking the world by storm. Haas is, his, is a big story out of this year. Yeah, if you had to look at the constructors championship as a whole, the Haas story is the biggest one of the whole year, yeah. probably. I yeah. mean, f- from an upside, the other big stories, of course, are McLaren on the downside, but yeah. So, boys, let, we are gonna, let me run down what we're going to have on the show today because we've got not only are we going to cover the Hungarian Grand Prix, uh, we've got a really good interview that Jonathan got to do for us yesterday with Mr. Peterson. What's his first name? Uh, uh, Benjamin Peterson, Benjamin, yeah. yeah. he uh, Formula 3 kicks off in the USA. Uh, a historic moment, actually, um, uh, for the first time. Uh, we've been waiting a long time for um, F3 USA um, because it was put back. They had to redo the halo um, to kind of meet the international. As you know, on an international basis, um, Formula 3 is going to be part of the support uh, paddock to Formula One next year, so they too will have halos. Um, and so the U.S. kind of got ahead of the game by coming out with a car that we saw um, here in Austin last year. Um, and so it kicks off finally uh, next weekend at Pittsburgh. I'll be there, uh, and along with F4 and Trans Am, um, big weekend of racing. Um, but I hope to get a, you know, amongst it and uh, meet some of these youngsters. And of course, um, Benjamin Peterson is one of them we've already met. He's currently in F4, but he's going to do both. Yeah, man, it's uh, great to have, do both, but it's great to have the, the ladder system here in the United States and have Americans, you know, with the ability to get super license points. Yeah, that's the key. So, yeah, that's a well, big deal. And my thoughts are these guys are actually garnering a lot of attention, not only for, you know, going up the chain themselves, but others to actually recognize, oh, people are actually doing this. It's one thing to say it and say it's there, but to see people progress and succeed and in, in go in that direction well to be honest i've um, we've all been asked the question why aren't there more american drivers and the honest truth is um you <laughs> literally have to up 
up sticks and get over to Europe at a young age, uh, as did G- Gustavo Menezes and, of course, Santino Ferrucci um, recently. Cameron Das is now doing it. Um, but now with this point system, this FIA uh, points towards a super license, wherever you, I think it's the top eight that get points towards their super license, um, they can genuinely race here in the States uh, and start gaining points um, towards that super license. Um, and then uh, in the case of Benjamin, uh, who you'll hear from, his plan is exactly that, which is to get as many points as possible and then go over to Europe. All right, well, we're going to talk a lot more about that a little bit later in the show. We'll talk about Santino Ferrucci's uh, adventures of late too. But but the race today, obviously the with with when Hamilton and Botas were on pole and one and two, we knew that this could happen. And as soon as that start, yeah. First corner, and it was a good job actually done by Botas uh, to defend from Raikkonen and then from Vettel. Um, yeah, it was kind of over. <laughs> yeah, we knew that. In fact, I think I said it all about the fourth turn. I said, all right, let's <laughs> settle in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it got a little interesting at the end there with Botas uh, have running, have, having incidents with both Vettel and with Ricardo. That was weird. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, I, they, I, they said in the commentary, did he lose his head a little bit, especially in the second one? You know what it looked like to me? It looked like he just had no grip at all. I mean, yeah. look at that. You saw understeer, oversteer, braking. He was all over the track. He just had Isn't no tires. It ironic that it was Christian Horner making the call? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I hope he doesn't have a little understeer there. Oh, yeah, it was funny. You were going, what happened to Christian Horner? Why isn't he talking just, just anymore? A bit. <laughs> well, apparently yeah. Christian Horner had some words that you can't say on television. Some choice. <laughs> as, soon as, he, as soon as they collided with Ricardo and yeah. Botas, we never heard again from Christian Horner. That was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah so Commentator's curse. only eight seconds worth of dump there. I think it was some George Carlin words there, <laughs> there that go. he was saying. So. All seven words. Some choice words. <laughs> So yeah, and then of course uh, he had he ended up Ricardo ended up fourth. So you know, I guess uh, mission accomplished there. Yeah. So, so supposedly. Yeah. So and you know, interesting. Gasly, Gasly had an amazing weekend, really. Yeah. Qualifying yeah. and then staying up there. What did he finish sixth? Right. Yeah. That's, he, that's really impressive for Toro Rosso, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so the, let me just run the top 10. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen, Danny Ricciardo, Valtteri Bottas, Pierre Gasly, Kevin Magnussen, Fernando Alonso, Carlos Sainz, Grosjean, and then on down from there, Hartley Hulkenberg, Ocon, uh, Perez, Ericsson, Sorotkin, Stroll, and then, of course, uh, the guys that didn't finish, Stoffel Van Dorn, Max Verstappen, and Charles Leclerc. So... Now, I said before the race that going into this summer break, it was going to be significant if Lewis could win this, um, and he has. 213 versus 189, that's a big gap now. Um, and now, really, Hamilton is not cruising, but he, he just needs to maintain that gap. Yep, and that's we were watching that all day, live, live points. And with that gap, uh, what is that, just outside or just inside one win... Yeah, full point. So, in other words, a win and a DNF. I'll tell you what, Kevin Magnussen, eighth in the championship right now with 45 points, and he's only seven behind Nico Hulkenberg. And therefore, his next opponent then would be Max Verstappen. So, if Magnussen can uh, keep going at this rate, uh, he could challenge Hulkenberg, which would be really impressive. Yeah, and on the other side of the the, uh, the table here with constructors, let's see if they if F1 has updated that, but I think they have. So, it looks like now... Yeah, Haas is, is has fifth place all to themselves with 66 points, and Renault ahead of them with 82. They've been chipping away at that Renault lead, 
and because they were going into the weekend tied with Force India at 59. So Force India is still at 59 and um, McLaren 52, Toro Rosso 28, Sauber 18, and Williams still at four. But yeah, that'd be amazing if if Magnussen could could move up like that. Uh, let's see what else, guys. So, I gotta say, uh, Ferrari looks strong. It, it, they're coming on stronger. They're more competitive. I don't think uh, anybody at Mercedes is taking a breath and relaxing. Oh no, no. Going I the think weekend, I... I think they're uh, absolutely there, and that's it's not over with. You know, we're halfway into the season, and you know, so I think Ferrari still has more. Consider some of the tracks that they're going to go to. Uh, we got Spa. That's a big, nice straight. You know, there's a lot of straightaway space for that and high end space. I think uh, Ferrari might play and then of course, much better now. Yeah, Monza, the the fast track. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing, yeah, uh, there's no way that this championship is over because Ferrari, in some ways, uh, consider the constructors' championship to be more important, and it's three forty five to Mercedes, three thirty five to Ferrari. So uh, this is where Raikkonen does come in, and where Vettel and Raikkonen can play. Um, play that game to try and see if they can stop Mercedes from winning that constructors title, which is huge for them. And I'm not saying that Vettel can't still win the drivers' championship, but um, um, it's going to be a good fight in the constructors, which we haven't had in a long time. We haven't had in ten years, really. Mercedes have totally dominated. So interesting. Yep, yep absolutely. Uh, let's see what did uh, let's see in the other other down the grid a little bit. We had uh, Alonso with some points today, finishing eighth. So. Yeah, I mean, they had a good pit stop strategy. You see that with Van Dorn and Alonso. Both ended up ahead of the Haas team and and got ahead of some of the Renault guys. So that was a that was an interesting strategy and good day for Alonso. And let's see. What about Grosjean? At the start of the race, you saw where Magnussen, he gained at least two and Grosjean lost two. Yeah, he dropped down to 12th, didn't he? Yep, he did. He lost two, and I think um, he was involved in that. In- I think that he was involved in an incident. Um, that's what I think happened. I, I don't think he-, he he made contact, but uh, he was involved in some shit. There was more going on in that first corner, and it was only when we actually saw the replays that we saw the Raikkonen, uh, sorry, the uh, Ricardo incident, um, where his wheel was touched, um, and there was. Uh, uh, the Force India boys were also uh, squeezing out one of the Alfa, Alfa Romeos, I think Ericsson, um, at the start. But, um, yeah, I think um, Grosjean was uh, was hung out to dry a little bit. All right, so what other stories caught your eye, boys? I know there wasn't a ton of action outside the top there, but uh, anybody, uh, anybody else caught well, your eye? Yeah, I still think that Ferrari dropped the ball, frankly. Um, oh, of course, the pit stop. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I just, yeah. you know. Maybe the story the, of the race. Well, they, they hung out in traffic for too long. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you heard uh, on ESPN that the Mercedes were almost, you know, kind of surprised to have won. They, they, they actually said, we came here to do damage limitation and we've come away with a 1-2. So pretty impressive when you think about it because they didn't even expect to win. Yeah, and and with Carlos Sainz ignoring how many blue flags did they say he ignored? Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah, there were there was, was like multiple. seven or ten. It, it was up there quite a ways. I could see that being something that the stewards are going to talk about post race. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, because it, with he was he was ignoring all those blue flags, holding up Vettel. I mean, between that and the pit stop, that pretty much ensured that Vettel wasn't going to be able to compete with Hamilton because they had a four point six second pit stop that 
that lost his position to Botas there. So that that was between that and being held up by signs. That was a that was the uh, the the for sure finale for for uh, for Vettel. He was not going to win this. That he was not going to be able to compete for a win. Well, and you know, consider how many flags you're going to have if you if you passed up seven or nine flags. That's quite a series of turns to go through that. And so I'm thinking, you know, it is quite substantial. I think we should see something uh, by the time we get to the next race calling that out. Because if I were Vettel, I would be charging up there and challenging. Look at this delay. Compare the times. I could have been a couple of seconds further up. Puts me a couple of further seconds mm-hmm. up on Raikkonen in the front pack. And so, uh, yeah, I don't think that's over by any means. What about Kimi Räikkönen's drink? Did he ever get the drink that he ordered? He did not. He no, they don't not. serve vodka in, in the Hungarian Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but he was staying on it, uh, trying to make sure that it wasn't running and him wind up sitting in a puddle before the race was over. I, it wasn't, you know, I don't think they, the engineer actually understood what he was asking there for a moment. Oh, I didn't get that. You think that's what he was saying is that he was yeah, like is the a switch hose? on or off? Oh, Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, he's, you know. Running it right Filling into up the cockpit with, <laughs> yeah. with Gatorade. <laughs> Oops. You know, I did cross my mind that it's a warm, hot day. Uh, I say warm. We're in Texas. So that was just a warm day at 90 degrees. And I wondered if that, you know, you might worry about not being able to get enough fluids in there for these guys. But Oh, I'm sure he lost weight in this. Oh, sure. By all means. Uh, what about the pit, dr- the pit drill, air quotes, bluff that Mercedes ran when uh, when Van Dorn towards yeah, the end, there, when yeah, Van yeah. Dorn had the safety car, and the Mercedes ran that little pit drill, and uh, trying to do a head fake for Merce- for uh, Ferrari. Yep, that, I mean that's all part of the tactics, and that's like I said, uh, Hungary is well known for that uh, strategy. Could be key. It wasn't so much today, sadly. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near the expectation that I hoped it would be, um, both as a race and as a strategy um, race as well. Uh, like I said, a little bit of a, a head flick there by Mercedes to try and throw off the the opposition, but it didn't really work. Um, yeah, it, it was a funny race um, compared to yesterday. I think I think it was so exciting <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Well, um, you know, and also compared to what we've had up before we've this had race, good races, we've yeah. had about four great races in a row. And, you know, and look, you know, you say we all, we, we want the most exciting race you can, but in a race like this is where you can really sit back and look at the strategies of the, the times between every car and, and, and see the, the minds of the engineers and the strategists going, where are they going to, where are we going to pit? Where are we going to do this? And uh, and so you get that bit of it in, in a race like today. Well, yeah. you certainly had a lot of time for that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. All right, what else, boys? Uh, let's see. The uh, you know the one of the stories we we talked about in the pre-race show was Force India and with the possible, uh, obviously with them going into administration or bankruptcy as we call it here, and the way this affected their weekend, obviously. They had a really crappy weekend over, I mean, completely. Yeah, not a good weekend at all. Um, And I think, you know, they are a team that tends to, and they've got two kind of, um, you know, uh, Latin-type, French, you know, sort of evocative drivers that feel the emotions. We saw that in the interviews with Perez. Um, And I think they are a team out of sorts at the moment, for sure. Um, And it is just one of those things. Um, you know, you, you're not likely to be, to swashbuckle 
brilliantly uh, when there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, and I feel for them, but I think they will. They will right the ship. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion and wrap up the Hungarian Grand Prix. And then later in the show, we have an American who's racing an F3 and F4 that we have an interview with. Stick with us. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin. Back after these messages. Have you ever wanted to be a race car driver? Well, you can at Dirtfish. Handle an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 350-acre training facility. Learn how to control a car in any situation, on any surface, in any condition. Go fast, get sideways. Get your adrenaline fix by visiting dirtfish.com. MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Listen to Talk 1370 anywhere with your Amazon Echo. Just ask Alexa to play Talk 1370. Now playing Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hungarian Grand Prix number two trending on Twitter today, United States wide. So that's good. Hey, slowly, slowly. Glad to have it. Catch a monkey. There you go. <laughs> Liberty Media be glad to hear that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, we keep saying that. I mean, more and more folks are paying attention to it. And, uh, you know, it, it's F1 is, is growing in the United States. And I think uh, Liberty can take some credit for that. Hey, speaking of Liberty Media, remember, did you guys see today on the on the graphics on ESPN, they had the uh, Amazon, the AWS Amazon yep. little graphic at the bottom yep. saying oh, yeah. data provided by Amazon. We haven't really talked about that, but that's kind it's of a big, big deal. It's really a big deal. you know. And, and I have done exactly what they did, guys, where they're taking all their data from local servers and they push it up to the Amazon cloud. And uh, it, it's a big deal that they chose an American company, obviously with Liberty that... But Amazon in this world, I think they they are completely dominant in that in that world of a lot of people think of Amazon as, you know, just to go to go buy cool stuff. Right. But Amazon. Wait, there's something else. Yeah. Their web services. Well, they built this giant infrastructure to do that, to sell online. And then now they just they actually rent out server space. And that's what Formula One is doing. I just thought that was a cool story to bring up that it's an American company that's hosting all of this. The, the archives is one of the big things that they're hosting. 65 years of archives. You know how Formula One is now making a lot of that available? Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's all that stuff that's hosted on Amazon. 
So I thought that was a good little story. But uh, what else on the on the Hungarian Grand Prix? I think let's kind of let's wrap this up by saying obviously this is it. it we still have a a tight championship for both the yep. constructors and the drivers. Uh, we still have uh, this really great midfield with Haas and Renault and uh, and and McLaren still in that somehow. You know, with Alonso Alonso coming in eight today. Sure. And so, and and the silly season. I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about the silly season. Well, we've got a quote about the silly season coming up from Paul Tarsi. Yeah, that's right. And we've got Paul Tarsi. If you've been listening lately, Paul Tarsi is a fantastic F1 historian. He's a longtime Formula One commentator. And we have a couple of clips from his interview that we put out on SoundCloud. And because we're catching up with him every single week, right, Jonathan? Every- yep. Uh, he's basically uh, talking to us about each Grand Prix and the history of it. Um, but, of course, he's a, a keen um, follower of current day uh, racing as well. So we talk basically about the history of each event. And we'll give a, uh, we'll give you a little uh, a soupçon, if you will, um, about um, the Hungarian Grand Prix, which has got a really interesting history, which actually goes back. Everybody says, oh, yeah, 1986. There was a Hungarian Grand Prix in 1936, which we'll hear about in a minute. Um, but, uh, yeah, so feel free to get on our SoundCloud and um, listen to Paul Tarsi uh, as we chat about uh, each history of each Grand Prix and a little bit about what's happening currently. I want, to, I want you to try to do that, though, because if you're listening, because I did that. I hadn't heard all of these yet. No, they're good. And I got caught up in listening to one after the other and catching up on the history of, of all these circuits. It's really, it's really a fascinating look at it. But Les, you had a story you wanted to talk about. Hey, you know, we spoke about, uh, we talked about watching the folks from behind and how they're going to come back up towards the front. It's really uh, something else with uh, the changes that are going on one of the things that they are actually looking at would help a situation like today. There is changes about, <laughs> there are changes about for the mirrors for next year. It is the mirrors, uh, huh. the Riverview mirrors. They're looking at changing a placement placement with maybe a little bit higher because they're saying they're getting a lot of rear wing in them, uh, things of that nature. They're trying to really get this situated with all the other body changes, you know, the halo, just everything that's going on. They're trying to stabilize where that mirror needs to be placed as in height and width, as well as the shape of that mirror, uh, as far as the square inches or centimeters that each mirror will occupy. So it's really, really something else in what they will do with this coming up. They've already got some of the engineers in and they are inviting. Here's another change. They are actually inviting teams to contribute designs for consideration to help them guide these rules. I have never heard them invite yeah, that level of detail yeah. of that. Now, that you know, cool. Ferrari's not going to get their extra aileron mirror support, but uh, at least they're getting some of these ideas in there. I, you know, I'd like to be sitting in that room and get to see what these designs look like. I don't like. know why they have mirrors. <laughs> Honestly, I really it's, don't. There's some truth to that for I, sure. I, yeah. I'd much prefer to see the halo with, like they do in WEC uh, and IMSA, yeah. with, with a with camera a, display. Well, not even a camera display, just a digital display of light saying, you know, drive a right, drive right. a left, uh, dr- you know, kind of like we have on the car, you know, a little bit of a, an indicator telling you what's behind and what and where. You don't need to see visually. You can't see much visually. Yeah, Les, I know what you're talking about. I think Cadillac was the first to put it into production where instead of a mirror, it's actually a camera that's 
it's a, got a, a rear-facing camera, yeah. A rear-facing camera, but with a lens, I mean, excuse me, with a, a screen that's it's in the place of the mirror. Oh, okay. So you look up just like normal. In fact, if you got in one it's of in those the cars, same placement. you wouldn't even notice. Uh, I see. You wouldn't realize that it, was, that it wasn't a mirror, but it's actually a screen showing what's behind you. Until you start, you know, like Les, you know, adjusting his eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> you put your face up there and go, where am I? Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, you think know. about the flexibility that would give you aerodynamically. You could completely eliminate yeah. the mirror. You could put put it on the halo or put it somewhere. But I just don't, yeah, I, like I said, I don't see in modern terms why why we would use them. Like, I mean, they're so effective, these 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 sensors, effectively. Who was that, Burt Reynolds in uh, Smoking the Bandit that just ripped off the mirror and said, I don't need this anymore. Don't need that. I, don't, yeah. I don't need to see what's behind me. Yeah. I'm, Going I'm, forward, baby. <laughs> dating myself. Really badly there. You shouldn't. You, you shouldn't go out with yourself. Uh, kept the the Hasef <laughs> dating myself. I was reading the Hasef one stats, and you know, I was thinking, how many times is double points? We're getting really spoiled, yeah, yeah. guys. Because I know. this was only the second double points of this season. I was thinking there was at least a third, but it's only the second because we've had a pretty good season this year, obviously. But uh, fourth in team history with Magnuson seventh and Grosjean tenth. But uh, but yeah, second one of the season. What else? Uh, let's see. I uh, want to go. Yeah, I, I want to get into. I mean, to be honest, I, I'm done. I want to move on. I want to talk silly season. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's. What's going to happen? First of all, where's Ricardo going to go? That is actually the big question, and that and is. And the dominoes go from and there. Again, well, I just saw a good tweet actually from F1 Grid that said silly season rumors: Ocon to Renault, Perez to Haas, Norris to Toro Rosso, Sands to McLaren. Stroll to Force India, Russell to Williams. Huh. Okay. Perez to Haas. Interesting. Mm. I could see that. Good it's connection of uh, you know North American continent with Mexico there. Big following, big fan base. Uh, could be a wise business because Sergio Perez is uh, does bring his own purse to the team. So uh, yeah, he's got point. cash. He's got cash that'll come with him. Uh, that that's definitely an advantage for him over so many of the other drivers. Um, well, this is something I talked to um, Paul, uh, Paul Tarsi about. So why do we why do we play that uh, and then discuss further our actual opinions uh, on that? Um, we'll do that after the break. Now let's go ahead and get that clip in. Now let's let's go ahead and hear from uh, from Paul Tarsi uh, on the silly season. Yeah, on the silly season. Looking at the the gossip, we've. We've heard last weekend that Hamilton and Bottas have both been confirmed at Mercedes. Hamilton for two years, Bottas for one. And that there's still no news on who's going to partner Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari next year. What's there's your thought a, on that? Well, there's an outside possibility that we're going to see Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, that's, that's an outside possibility. I think the the politics are probably fairly wrong, uh, not least of which, Jonathan, because just think what happened when Sebastian Vettel was top dog at Red Bull and a young, hungry, aggressive Danny Ricciardo came in and made him look a bit silly. Yeah. So I'm not sure that Sebastian Vettel is going to be over the moon about that. Vettel favours Raikkonen, who is a good, strong, solid Number two. And carries that cattle cattle grid on the front to, to boost out the, the, the opposition. 
<laughs> and um, that we mustn't forget that Charles Leclerc is banging on the door too, as is uh, Carlos Sainz as an outside bet. So I really don't know what we're going to see with that, but Ferrari is all up for grabs. We've got Red Bull um, obviously dropping the Renault engines next year in favour of Honda. That's going to be a wholesale change in what we're going to see. We know that Verstappen has signed for 2019, but we don't think that Daniel Ricciardo has yet. Depending on what he does, then we would probably see Gasly as the obvious choice to take up that seat if Daniel Ricciardo went somewhere else. Clearly, Ricciardo is the man who who is the game changer here. That what what he ends up doing is going to affect a lot of other people's 2019 plans. We don't know about McLaren. Yeah. Uh, they're playing their cards very close to their chest. Are they going to run an IndyCar program for Fernando Alonso next year? That's that's one of the the talks around the paddock. Uh, if they did. Clearly, they wouldn't just give up Formula One because it's too lucrative for anybody, but they would perhaps make it a, a second division behind the IndyCar stuff. Who, who drive the cars? I don't think anybody has been wildly impressed by Stoffel van Dorn. He, he went into McLaren very much as the wonder kid, and that I don't think he's, he's delivered quite as well as he might. But then again, he has Fernando Alonso's teammate. So, if you're if you're even close to being Fernando, being with Fernando Alonso, then you don't just know. If they don't, they don't have any sponsors to, to speak of at McLaren. So, do we just end up with that that list of pay drivers, which is exactly where Williams have been for the last few years? And that that has seen them slide down the greasy pole. If uh, if we see the Stroll deal happen at Fort India, then Lance will obviously get the drive. And there is talk again that George Russell, who is very much a favoured driver from Mercedes, and that he's been doing a lot of the simulator work and that kind of thing for Mercedes that there is talk that George Russell would actually get the drive supported by Mercedes at the Force India team. So there's a huge amount going on. There always is. Hungara Ring tends to be a sort of tipping point for for gossip and, and what's going to happen for the following year. And that this year is absolutely no change. Interesting. Yeah. A lot, a, there's a lot there. Um, nothing too surprising. The George Russell thing hadn't really we factored really in. about that, yeah. Yeah, he's a, a GP2. Uh, he's a Formula 2 uh, driver doing very, very well. We've seen him in the pits uh, at Mercedes. He's uh, making a study of Botas and Hamilton. Obviously, there's no seat there right now. Um, but he's pushing hard. And I've, I've seen him actually on social media saying, hey, you know, I'm here, uh, ready to go. And he won at Silverstone. And, I, you know, he is putting himself in a, in a good position, that's for sure. But he's got Ocon and all sorts of other people trying to to make sure they stay in, including Stoffel Van Dorn. Yeah, I think this is, this is a really good season to demonstrate how the silly season is basically a row of dominoes. Yeah, and it every, is. It's going to, you just don't know. And how the summer break is the time for the silly season. All right, you hear the music, we got to take a break. 
Uh, thanks for Andy for tweeting at us. We'll talk about your tweet when we, and when we get back from the break. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin. Back after these messages. Do you want to drive a rally car? Well, you can a dirtfish. Get behind the wheel of an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 315-acre training facility. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface, in any condition, on our 12 different rally courses. Drift through corners, hammer down straightways, go fast, get sideways, and visit dirtfish.com. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing at Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Talk 1370. Danny Walker from American Super Camp and the Broster Chicken Road Race Factory team, and you are listening to Speed City, so get your elbows up. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Elbows up. And talking of elbows up, congratulations to Joe Roberts and PJ Jacobson. Yeah, so Americans doing well. In um, motorcycle racing, yeah. We'll talk more about it next week because obviously... um, uh, we've got a MotoGP coming up, but that was the Suzuka 8 Hours, which Kevin Schwantz, our very own, was running uh, Kagiyama and Joe Roberts. So we were watching that, but Jacobson came second with the two other Japanese. So that's yeah. pretty good. We'll talk about that on next week's show with Formula One having a, a few weeks off. And yep. if you want to check out our show schedule, go to speedcitybroadcast.com because we do cover lots of other motorsports, including MotoGP and IndyCar and of course, all the other Formula Series, which is a nice segue. Jonathan, you had a great interview yeah. with Benjamin Peterson. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we've made it one of our missions to uh, Speed City follow the youngsters coming up. Uh, we've been good at it. Our first interview was Alexander Rossi when nobody knew him, um, and we got him on the show, and, of course, everybody knows him now, and he's pole position for uh, today's uh, indie race. But, um, yeah, uh, 
Benjamin Peterson is a young American. He's a dual na a national, actually. He's, a, he's an American citizen, uh, but also from Danish heritage with a name like Pedersen or Peterson, um, as they say. Uh, his father was involved in motor racing. His mentor was Robin Grosjean. Anyway, I got a chance to sit with him uh, and have a long chat because he is about to embark on his Formula 3 career, which uh, the season starts next weekend at Pittsburgh, and I'm going to be there with him. And he's actually got double duty because he's currently doing Formula 4, uh, which he did last year uh, and was, I think, uh, runner-up to Carl Kirkwood. Um, and he's doing it again because because the season was you know, taking so long, so he wanted to stay sharp. So here is uh, the Dirtfish-sponsored Benjamin Peterson. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm delighted to welcome back on the show Benjamin Peterson from Denmark and the USA, and we'll reveal what that means in a moment. He is 19 years old. He is currently coming through the ranks. Uh, he's about to start the inaugural US F3 Championship next weekend in Pittsburgh, uh, but it's been delayed until the start of the season, not starting till August, and so therefore he's gone another season of Formula 4, so he's a busy boy. Um, Benjamin, welcome to Speed City. Um, like I said, how excited are you about the start of the F3 season, finally? Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, like you said, yeah, F3 is a little bit delayed, um, so I had to raise something to keep to keep uh, to keep going, and uh, that was Formula Four. So now it's super exciting time because F3 is is right around the corner, um, which will debut at Pittsburgh. Um, so yeah, very excited with the car. Really cool to see how they've developed the car from when it was introduced at Coda last year to where it is now. Uh, looks much more aggressive. Um, just a much more serious car, so so I can't wait to drive it at Pittsburgh. Yeah, and just to explain, F3 was delayed um, for a lot of different reasons, one of which was the halo. Uh, it's coming in with the new halo. Um, tell That's me, right. first of yeah. all, what's, what do you think is the major difference between F4, which you're currently doing, and F3? Yeah, um, so power-wise, um, the F4 is mandated by the FIA, so it has 160 horsepower, um, which is which is a great kind of horsepower for that level car. Um, the F3 actually uses the exact same engine, but it just has the turbo on it. And the power on that is getting bumped up to 270 right around there. Um, so quite a bit more power. Um, so kind of looking forward to that transition in that regard. Um, and then the other big difference from the F4 and the F3 is the amount of downforce. Um, F3 is really a, a really big, big step up in that regard. Um, so, so learning how to use that to my advantage, um, looking forward to that for sure. Well, I'm excited for you. You were runner-up in F4 to Kyle Kirkwood last year. Um, have you learned more, do you think, this year? I mean, I know you didn't plan on doing F4, but like you say, it keeps you sharp. Uh, you got a couple of wins under your belts, uh, a few third places, and I think you're, you know, you're still in the hunt for the F4 chart title this year. Yeah, absolutely. This year, F4, uh, obviously to stay sharp, still doing that, but but being runner-up last year, this year for sure, we're we're going for the title. So full fight mode for that. Um, pretty cool fact is that I'll actually be doing both F4 and F3 at Pittsburgh at the same time. So that would be kind of a crazy weekend. Um, for sure, we'll get a lot of seat time. So looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, just super hungry for the title, and uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. That's going to be tough. I mean, surely breaking points with those difference in horsepower. Uh, and, and just a different car. It's going to be hard to kind of adjust, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think so. I think the key will kind of just to be once you drive one car and you, you get into the next, it's just completely reset your mind because it's such a different car. Um, mostly with, with the downforce, uh, which will affect the braking point and the, the entry speed you can carry into the turn. So I think the hardest part will just kind of be transitioning. But after the, the first couple laps or the first lap um, transitioning from the cars, I think it'll get up to speed pretty quickly. Well, uh, Benjamin, tell us a little bit about yourself. We saw you for the first time here at Speed City when you came to Kota, and you pretty much dominated the whole two weekends here. You, you won at WEC in the World Endurance Championship, and then even better than that, uh, with those famous dirtfish colours, you, you won in front of the Formula One crowd. So that must have been a pretty special memories for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't get much better than racing in front of Formula One, uh, especially in Texas at such a, a unique Grand Prix with, with so many fans. Um, and then to be racing in front of all the fans on, on qualifying day for F1 was just so special. And to, to be on the, the F1 podium was was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I think for sure, Coda for this year, going into that, that race will be just super, super... Um, Super fun, of course, but also very serious because you have those expectations from last year. Um, but yeah, the, the highlight of last year was for sure for the WEC and the F1 weekend at Coda. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, obviously, with a name like Pedersen, you, 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 you've got Danish origins, um, originally from Denmark, but you're uh, a dual citizen. You're also an American, which is the exciting part for us because we want to see Americans getting into Formula One or going yeah. up the ladder. So yeah. t- tell us about your background. Yeah, so originally I was born in Denmark, uh, lived there until I was about four, and then we moved over to the States, living in Seattle now. I've uh, been living there since I moved. Um, I'm 19 years old now. Uh, this year I just recently got my U.S. citizenship, which I'm super proud of. Um, so flying both flags now in the suit and the race car. Um, so that's very special to me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just exciting times all, all around right now, for sure. And the exciting thing for you being in both FIA F4 USA and FIA F3 USA, to give it its sort of full title, um, the point is you get FIA points towards potentially a super license. Now, is that the plan? Or, I mean, tell tell us about that side of it. For sure, yeah. I think any any super license points that you can get in this this stage uh, is, is really good. It's kind of what attracted me to, to, to start with. It attracted me to F4 um, over kind of the, the Master Road to Indy, where, whereas in Master Road to Indy, it's not so much the FIA, of course, so, so there's no super license points. Um, but yeah, so the way the super license points works is at the end of the season, I, re- I think it's about the top eight or something like that that receive super license points. Uh, that's just going off the top of my head, but... But yeah, it's a great way to build super license points in the, the, the kind of opening formula car ladder uh, for F4. And then to continue that into F3 is, is really a good opportunity. So, so that's really cool that especially that's been introduced to the U.S. where it hasn't had that opportunity before. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's very cool. Yeah, that is really exciting because, like you say, that does give you a, a brand new opening that wasn't available before. So, I mean, long term, do you, I mean, you plan to obviously do F3, but it's just starting out. It's probably going to be a small field this year. Would you do another year? Are you hoping then to progress into international F3? Yeah, that's my goal. I'm kind of using uh, the F3 Americas platform. Uh, that's F3 Regional. 
Um, and then there's F3 International. So I'm, I'm hoping to use F3 Regional as prep for the international so that I can go race in Europe, uh, which is kind of, I think that's where you, you need to be to, to kind of keep going in, in this ladder. Um, so yeah, I think the, the step for F3 Americas right now is, is perfect in that transition, especially since the new rules. Um, the aerospec between the two cars is exactly the same. The only difference is the, the engine. So it'll be a great kind of learning curve for, for the new F3 car. I'm going to say, do you keep an eye on how Cameron Das and one Manuel Correa, um, I'm trying to think who else, Santino Ferrucci, Gustavo Menezes, because they all have gone now over to Europe and, and raced in Europe and come through. And Menezes, of course, has made it towards a, a world championship. Uh, Santino was doing F2 until recently and was, of course, associated with, um, with Haas. I mean, are you watching the, the young guys like yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's especially to kind of see and have raced with some of them is it suddenly becomes a pretty small world. So yeah. to follow them for sure I'm doing especially Cameron who raced in F4 in the opening opening year. So seems like he's doing pretty well in Europe right now, so that's great for him. Um so yeah, for sure following uh like I said it's a pretty small world um in in racing, so so for sure yeah, to answer your question. Well, talking of pretty small worlds, you may not be aware of this, but every year, and have done for the last 20 or so, I do the Macau Grand Prix, which of course is, is the World Cup for Formula 3. So the hope, the hope then is that you and I shall meet down the road in about two, two years with you on, on yeah. pole position in your Dirtfish Formula 3 car. Let's, let's plan on that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look, look forward to next weekend at Pittsburgh. Big weekend. Um... It's going to, like I said, it's probably going to be an opening small field because of the delay. Um, but genuinely speaking, do you think you can, looking at the competition, do you think you can take the title in its first year? That's the goal for sure. Um, pushing hard for that. And then obviously F4. So it'd be, I know it's saying a lot, but it would be a big year to, to get a title in both F4 and F3. That would be awesome. That would be the goal. Um, but really, it's also to learn as much as possible in the F3 this opening year, especially with a new car. Um, and really to develop it, uh, looking forward to that for sure. Do you think, um, you know, do you think in that, like you say, how many of those weekends, Pittsburgh's going to be the first one and you'll have to get used to it, but how many of them clash? Because uh, it's not always the same, is it? That's right, yeah. Right now I think we're looking at about three weekends that overlap together. Uh, so that's including Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh and then two more. And then from there, it kind of branches out to where it's just in a three weekend. Um, so those weekends, a little bit less hectic because so, you won't be having to, to jump from one car to the next. But uh, yeah, that's what it's looking like as of right now. And will we see you at the Formula One weekend again uh, racing? You will, yeah. F4 and F3 will be there at the same time, so so that's one of the weekends that clash. So, so that'll be a big weekend for sure. Well, I was going to invite you into the commentary box, but I think you've got enough on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always open to it. We can see if we can make it work. So for Now sure, listen, we'll, looking we'll at your bio, uh, one of the things I read which I thought was interesting is that your mentor is Roman Grosjean, the uh, Haas driver. Yeah, that's How right. did that yeah. happen? It's, it's pretty funny because I don't know if you remember from last year, but when we did the, the live show in Austin, Romang and I were there together. That's right. So that, that was cool when we did the show together. Um, but yeah, Romang, he's he's really a good, good guy. He's had some good results here recently for Haas, so super excited for him. Um, but it kind of started out with, 
I was just kind of at some of the races. Um, we were, I was within the paddock with Lotus at the time. That's now called Renault, obviously. Um, but when he drove for Lotus, I got to meet Romang and, and actually become kind of good friends with him. And then now it's kind of grown to the point where he's helping me out. He's my, my mentor. So not many people can say that. So that's, that's, I'm really fortunate to be able to say that. And, and Romang's really, really a great guy and, uh, wishing him the best this year in F1. He's, he's had a couple of good results this year. Um, and, and Haas in general is, is going pretty well right now. So that's good. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, is there any particular way he helps you, or do you just talk and and maybe ask his advice, or or is it yeah, to do with driving? Or is it more to do with the outside world of it? It's it's kind of everything as a whole. We've we've had talks about you know how to approach a weekend, um, even even you know obviously one from a driving perspective, but then two to just kind of how you deal with media and stuff like that. Sure. So because obviously Roman, he's dealing with a lot of media and Formula One, so so it's it's great in that regard to be able to get any advice from him that's possible. Yeah, absolutely. What a great mentor. Trouble is, his his teammates yeah. are Dane. I mean, that's a bit unfair. What about yeah. the fact that he, his teammate is Kevin Magnussen? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to have. <laughs> obviously, I'm Danish now, so Kevin's Danish. So again, it's kind of a small world, but but, but you don't know but him. Yeah, it's, yeah, I actually haven't met Kevin yet, but um, but in the family here, he I think he's pretty tight. So, looking forward to meeting him probably here in, at Coda this year. Uh, yeah, so. I'm sure you will, and I'm sure if Gro- Roman yeah. Roman will take you into the Haas pits. Well, what an exciting time right. for you! I really am excited for you. Like I said, we saw you uh, at Coda last year, and I definitely thought to myself, "Hey, that's a kid going," because you put two great results in, uh, and you looked so confident, uh, and it looked as though you were really dialed in. Um, tell me about your long-term ambitions. I mean, you, it looks as though you're going up the ladder to classic, and, and the timing's good. You're 19 now. Uh, F3 is, is going to be a support, or F3 International is going to be a support class to Formula One. So are you kind of trying to go down that path to get super license points and hopefully be in a position to challenge for a Formula One drive? Yeah, that, that's absolutely my goal, Jonathan. It's it's kind of, yeah, I'm doing the classic ladder system. Um so yeah, that, to say it straight, that that's simply the goal. Yeah, for sure. Well, that'd be cool because uh, we need an American, yeah. American Dane. Don't care. We just need a, a good American driver <laughs> flying the flag. Uh, maybe in the Haas team, that'd be fun. Is there a particular team you'd like to drive for? You know, it's. I think if you're in Formula One, you're you're pretty happy. So I think <laughs> we can look at that later down the line. But right now, the goal is simply just to make it to Formula One. So. And finally, what areas are you still working on? I mean, you're pulling up the wins, but you know, it's you're always learning. I'm sure even Roman uh, would tell you that that, that there's no time where you, you you've got it just right. I've got this. So, what areas of your racecraft are you working on now? Absolutely, there's always something to learn. Even if obviously we look at data a lot as drivers, and you you kind of shoot for these patterns that that you know is fast, but there's never that perfect lap. There's never the perfect data trace. So you always try to, to optimize for that, um, no matter what level you're at. Roman will say that as well. So so it's always a learning curve. And there's so many, especially with the higher level car that you get into now, the F3 for me, um, there's a lot more variables that go into it. And then just simply a car, you have to, you know, now it's dealing with downforce. So that's one variable, mechanical grip. Um, the braking is different. So... It, there's always something to learn, and in that regard, you're always learning. So, so a lot of hard work, that's for sure. 
Well, listen, we're definitely going to follow you on Speed City. That's one of our remits is to follow the young Americans and follow the guys racing in both the American F4 and F3 championship. So we will be watching. Tell us, uh, tell our audience uh, where they can find you on social media or on websites uh, to follow you yeah. um, and, and, and keep an eye on you. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm driving for Global Racing Group here in the U.S. And then on social media, it's at Benjamin P1999. That's on all platforms. Uh, so, yeah, go give it a follow and uh, stay tuned with all my with all my racing for sure. Well, I'm excited for you because next weekend you're going to be in Pittsburgh and doing both championships. I'll be there. So if you need me to hang on to your helmet or get your glass of water, I'm happy to do that because it looks as though you're going to be busy. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Really appreciate it. I'll see you at Pittsburgh. All right, my friend. You're listening to Benjamin Pinnison, who is going to be racing in both F4 USA and F3 next weekend. And he'll be coming here to the Circuit of the Americas on the undercard to Formula One. And he's on the road to becoming a, an American-Danish superstar of the future, we hope. Um, ben, Ben, thanks for coming on, Speed City. Thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate it. I'll see you in Pittsburgh. There you go. Good stuff, Jonathan. Yeah. and I, I love meeting new, new guys coming up. And, you know, he's definitely got a future. Yeah, my favorite question was, uh, which, which team do you want to drive for in Formula One? And it doesn't matter. He said exactly what I was expecting him to good say. Man, good I man. don't care. Just give me a ride. Hey, I don't you, know if Sergei Sorokin would say that right now. But... <laughs> don't he, what's he going to say? Yet. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to race unless I can race for Ferrari. Forget it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to race anywhere else. That's Alonso's line. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got speaking of some Americans. We got some Americans in GP3, FIA GP3, which is going to be FIA Formula Three next. Right. Year, uh, Juan Manuel Correa and uh, Ryan Tavider both had good weekends this weekend in Hungary uh, on the undercard to Formula One in uh, Formula Two and GP3, which will be F3. So, yep, good stuff. And Ryan Tavider sitting ninth, an American ninth in the GP3 championship. That's good. That's great. Yep, love it. See some Americans up there. Sadly, Santino has blown it. That was my name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so that what was it? Two weeks ago, Sunday, and our intern Matt texted all of us and said, "What do you guys think? <laughs> what do you think of this?" And I said, "Career ending is what my first. I mean, I know that's that's really strong, but I was thinking of where he was right then." And, right, racing in GP2 or Formula 2 for Trident. To say he had the and world for, at his feet was oh, yeah. he was also a reverse, reserve driver for uh, Haas. For I Haas, don't know what's yeah. going to happen there, but it doesn't look good. Now, Gunther Steiner said, and this has been over a week now, Gunther Steiner said, I'm going to review this yeah. and, and respond, and he hasn't yet. Well, basically, basically, he drove into his teammate. Well, he yeah. had that. He was apparently driving through the paddock. In his car. With his phone. With his phone. In the competition, in the race car. Yeah, that's not I good. mean, we, we've and had a great relationship with Santino. Yeah, but, I love him. But that's he's a great kid. stupid. Yeah, that was a dumb... He knows <laughs> yeah, it. He knows it, he too. Knows <laughs> it. He knows it. Hey, look, look. How old, old is he? Yeah, kid. We, for, we forget. Yeah, he's only like 19 or 20, right? I didn't do sure. anything stupid yeah, when no, I was 19. I, it's funny that I... Yeah. <laughs> uh, that age, no. Never. I think it... You know, I and I agree. I think it's kind of an unfair situation when we have these drivers so young and, and certainly in those years on a global stage. Yeah. They, they are not ready for it. You know, they're the, the pop kids they're singing music. They're not ready music. for life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At that age, much less the pressure of all of that. Yeah, I mean, to have him do something like that on this stage versus, you know, pop music stage is, is very different, where it's almost revered in pop music and 
doing something stupid. This this is not the place. Yeah, it's all very exciting. All of this, all these Americans in GP three, Formula two, and I, I want to get Cameron Daz on soon because he's racing currently in uh, in in uh, Europe. So uh, and doing a good job. So yeah. I want to get him on. Uh, speaking of Americans that we've had on the show, you mentioned in that interview how Alexander Rossi or setting it up, uh, Alexander Rossi was our very first interview. You actually got that wrong by one week. Alexander Rossi was our second interview. Connor Daly was oh, our first one. Oh, I am so sorry, Connor. <laughs> yeah, Connor Daly, Alexander Rossi. But uh, but you see Rossi on pole for IndyCar. Today. And Connor Daly in Indy, which is good for him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep, I'm very happy for them. All right, boys. Well, uh, if you want to, Les, you got one more hey, thing? just a reminder, we may be taking a summer break for Formula One. Always follow Speed City on Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, Visit the website for all the things, and you'll get our weekly shows there as well. Yep, speedcitybroadcast.com, and uh, we'll have links to all those. we got some YouTube stuff up there, too, but uh, but a lot of stuff does not make it on the show. Uh, so we put the it up Tossie's on... The thing on yeah. uh, Hungary was really interesting, and uh, will be again, um, so check that out. Yep, and like Les said, we're, the next four weeks, we're not going to do our pre- and post-Formula 1 shows, but we will be on our regular Sunday slot and so check us out on our website to, to find out all that stuff. Yep, Sunday evening here live in Austin, Texas. And if you have got your Formula One tickets, get them now. Yep, come on down oh, to Austin. Yeah. Come down to see us. All right, we will talk to you next week. Ciao, Happy trails. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.